Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox. Addendum. Tools for life and everything in between. Stuff you can use or toss. It's up to you. Hey everybody, Chance Bros here, uh, coming to you with another Tools for the Toolbox addendum, and I want to talk about today is the absolutely foundational experience that I had with Warrior Adventure Canada out in Algonquin Park. Uh, we did four days of canoeing, paddling, and portaging, did about 60 clicks worth of uh, paddling and another eight clicks worth of portaging, which was super fun. <laughs> But it, uh, you know, it really, I was talking to a friend of mine and I, I said, it really reminds me of being back in the army just without the stupidity of the army. Like it was a test. You had to push yourself. You had to drive the body at times. You had to turn your brain off and just put the work in sometimes. And, uh, but there wasn't any of the yelling and the screaming and the people telling you what to do and all this BS. It was just the work and there's something meditative I guess or calming at times for when you're just putting the work in when you have a job and you know what you need to do and you just do the work it's relaxing at times it's, I mean it's physical work but it relaxes the mind because you can do something mechanical without really thinking about it and I use other things similar to that like um, I do drills with my rifle over and over and over and over again right uh, I do pistol drills I will clean my weapons I will uh, do things that I can do without thinking about them and it's calming to me at least um, <clears throat> the difficulty is, is that I'm not actually getting any solid reps I'm not getting any better because I'm not focusing on getting better. I'm using it as a, as a tool to, to uh, steady the emotions. And that's what we got to do out there a lot. So while you're paddling for, you know, 10, 12, 15 kilometers across a lake with the wind in your face, and all you can do is just kind of keep paddling, keep paddling, put your head down, you just keep going. Um, and I did that for the first day. I was <laughs> just... Uh, enraptured by the work again and being able to just work the body so I rode and I rode and I remember staring at my feet for most of the day and I didn't lift my head up to look around very often so while that can be you know calming and relaxing and it's a place where you're you know you can take your body to just work and not have to think it's good for a little bit but eventually you're gonna realize that you're not actually seeing anything happening around you. And that was one of the big things that I took away from the whole trip was, you know, by the second day, I was starting to look up and starting to look around and starting to paddle um, without the, the drive to get to the destination. And that was the big one throughout the whole trip for me was like, it, you know, we're, we'll get there when we get there. And there's no real need to to really drive to go as hard as I possibly can there's just no need for it um, in that particular situation we also did another scenario um, 
are we just scenario on one of the days that you know uh, speed was of the essence and it challenged me because I wanted to be the one in charge I wanted to be the one getting everybody moving and doing what they need to do and uh, pushing their body and like uh, motivating but I actually had made a little decision early on that I didn't want to be that guy because I normally am that guy and I wanted somebody else to experience and learn from that position because I've been there and that was really really challenging so I'm I've come to a better understanding of my own leadership ability and how I um, can handle being led as well as leading so that was another really great lesson um, and throughout this whole trip I was I was looking for things I was trying to figure out ways that I can uh, pass the knowledge on to somebody else and take what I've learned through this trip into something else and one of the things that caught me was one night we were st I was staring into the fire and everyone was talking and the fire was burning really well it was warm but it wasn't too hot it was high but it wasn't huge like it was just a really nicely burning fire and I, I started really thinking about the allegories of what the campfire is and I realized that you know a fire it's a living thing right you have to feed it you have to nurture it you have to maintain it you have if you don't it dies right so it and I started relating the fire itself to life in all aspects so one of the first things is like what you put into the fire is what you get out of it so if you put good fuel like good solid dry hardwood onto a fire it will burn long and warm and it will maintain its heat for a really long time there won't be much smoke and the other the thing about uh, a fire with good fuel on it is it brings people in it provides light and warmth and <clears throat> the ability to relax in the darkness that surrounds you and I realized that it, you know in life when you are doing the things that are right for your body for your life you're you're giving yourself good fuel I mean physically the food you eat mentally the the people that you talk to and hang around and um, how you talk about yourself um, spiritually if you are <clears throat> religious or not religious or um, you know have need to be in nature or need to be around other people like what feeds your spirit um, needs to be good because when those things are good it does the same thing the fire does it draws people in it allows people to relax it allows people to engage and have fun and there's not a lot of smoke in people's eyes there's no um, you know it's not cold you don't have people huddling around trying to maintain it it's it's just there and there's an exuberance to it that you know it again if you are mentally happy if you're physically fit if you are um, you know if you're just having a great day one of those days that just like everything works out and you feel fantastic 
the people around you see that and they want to be a part of that so they will come closer to the fire because if you think about it if you're out in the woods or you're out doing something or whatever and you see a fire in the distance oh, uh, over the trees there's light there's uh, you can hear the people talking blah 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 you, we're drawn to it like we want to go see what that is <laughs> we want to go find out what's going on because you know if you're out in the darkness and it's cold and you're like well there's a fire over there warm um, <clears throat> on the flip side of this if you feed a fire bad fuel, if you take like really wet softwood or, uh, you know, pine boughs or, you know, stuff that burns really smoky, really, if even if it does burn or like if, yeah, if you throw a wet log onto a fire, you might just put it out. Right? <laughs> you could just put it out. And if it does eventually catch then it's going to burn. It's going to be really smoky. You're not going to get a lot of heat off of it. It's going to be uh, gross and not a very good, uh, not a great fuel source. And there's going to be, with all that smoke, it puts people off, right? You don't want to be around a fire that just has smoke billowing out of it and getting in your face and your eyes. And like it, no, you don't want to be there. Just like in life. It's the same thing. If you are feeding yourself crap, food, um, the other, is, so yeah, food one, mental and spiritual are all three. Again, if you do not feed yourself correctly, it's, it'll destroy you. And I, I've talked about, I've told this, talked about this before, but like self-talk how you speak to yourself is so important because you're feeding your mind and if all you're doing is feeding your mind poison it will kill you physically it's the same thing if you feed yourself crap for your whole life it will kill you spiritually if you know you need to be around nature in order to you know feel alive and truly attached to the world and you live in downtown manhattan there's not a lot of nature there so that will eventually kill you you know if you're in los angeles down in like right in the heart of the city there's no nature there i mean there's parks and trees and whatever but it's not nature if you need to be around people and you are alone. That will kill you. It will kill your spirit. It will kill what drives you. Uh, if you need work, like I know a lot of people who they they love the work, and I'm one of them. I like work. If I don't, if I just sit around doing nothing for a very long time, it will friggin' drive me insane. So that's, you know, what you feed your fire, what you feed your life matters a lot. <laughs> so make sure that what you're feeding it is good for you.
Now, the basis of all this, too, is a foundation. So if you want a good fire that'll burn through the night, even while you're sleeping, you need a solid bed of coals. You need a solid, solid foundation, which means you need, again, the right fuel to burn so that that turns into a solid foundation. If I throw a bunch of candy wrappers into a fire and expect that to last the night, that's not going to happen. Right? No, you need big, uh, well, or it's not big, but like good sized pieces of wood that will burn for a long time over the span of the night. So again, good fuel. And again, everything's in a balance because here's the issue. <laughs> if you have, if you throw too much fuel into a fire, it'll burn real bright. It'll burn real hot, but it will not last long even if it's good fuel. That fire will, it'll burn itself out, right? It uses up all the oxygen, done. And we see this all the time with people that, you know, we wanna work, let's put me to work, let's do stuff. And they will burn them, they will run themselves into the ground, they'll burn themselves out and they don't take the time to let the fire burn. So again, balance. Because if you don't put enough fuel in the fire, it'll burn itself out. Right? There, if you don't add fuel to your fire, what are you doing? Nothing. The fire eventually just dies. You know, people say this about their dreams all the time. You know, I had this dream when I was a kid and I just, you know, life got in the way and I, I never got to it and now I'm just don't have I just don't have anything left <clears throat> guess what <laughs> you didn't fuel it right everything needs fuel the trick again here is your foundation your bed of coals if you have a really solid bed of coals and you don't have a lot of fuel you can make that last for quite a while if you don't have a solid bed of coals and you feed it a ton, you're going to put it out, right? So again, the foundation is the key. You need a foundation of good fuel, of good times. So of you need something to base everything else off of. <clears throat> Here's one of the other benefits that I really love about the analogy of fires is that we can share it how easy is that we can share it if your fire is starting to die i can give you a log of my fire and go here you go take that put it in your fire build it up again if you don't want to pass up your fire you don't have to you just keep burning and people will you know hang out and they might leave and go back to their tent or whatever but we have that ability we can pass the torch we can give the knowledge that we have to someone else so yeah we can pass the torch which means that we can give knowledge what 
happens to that knowledge is up to whoever we give it to. But we need to be able to uh, we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to give knowledge. We also need to be able to receive knowledge. Right? Just because I have a fire burning doesn't mean that that fire is the best fire in the world and that no other fires could ever tell me about anything else in the world. No. If I'm running low on fuel and somebody brings me a log to throw on my fire, I'm going to take it, right? Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you? It just doesn't make any sense not to. But in life, this happens all the time. People come through your into your lives and there are things to learn from everybody. Whether that is something to learn to do, something to learn not to do, something to emulate, something not to emulate. Maybe it's to teach us how to um, empathize. Like there's so many lessons in everything. But I like to think of the fire itself being the lesson because it's something that you need to take care of. And that is you. That is your life. And there is, there is beauty in that. In that even if your fire is low, you can build it up again. Even if your fire is out, you can get fire from other places. You can make fire. You just have to have the right pieces. We have to have the right parts. You have to start small at the very beginning. How do you start a fire? Well, the first thing you need is either something to start a, start a spark, so like a fire starter, flint and steel, whatever, or you need heat and friction. Correction, you need friction to create heat on something that will hold a coal. So we've all seen the, uh, the stick and bow, and you can actually build up a fire. You can do it with your hands, like just it takes a long time and it's a lot of work, but it can be done. You just have to to work it and start really slow. You're not going to build a bonfire in five minutes using a, using a stick and bow. It's not going to happen. Right? You're going to spend 30 minutes just building enough heat from the friction to get yourself a little, little spark, a little coal just a little bit and then you need to put that into some grass or into some wool or something that will ignite and then you put in your uh, your tinder and all your other little stuff so that th that stuff starts to burn and then you build you build off of the smallest thing so if it if the issue in your life is fitness that you have no fire in and you need to build it from scratch cool Either ask somebody else for help, and they'll help you start your own fire. Or if you want to start your, if you want to do it from scratch on your own, well, there's a wealth of information on the internet on how to get started on that. But it has to be small. You're not going to run marathons immediately, right? Maybe it's just a walk around the block. That's it. That's a good start. Then make it two or walk around the block twice then make it three times then make it four then make it a kilometer then make it two then make it ten 
then make it 20, then make it 40, 42 point, whatever it is. I don't know. The point is start small and build. With no building comes nothing. I could gather all the firewood I want and put it into a big pile. If I don't have a bed of coals or a flame started, those things will not ignite on their own. So true, so too in life. Any fire you have, it has to be built, it has to be maintained. Which means you need to be constantly looking inwards. Right? You have to look at the fire. How is it burning? Is there lots of smoke? That's an inward look. That is looking into yourself for your own life, saying, Am I just blowing our smoke around? Am I not giving myself the fuel needed to burn well? Right? And when I say fuel, again, I mean physical, I mean mental, I mean spiritual, like in every aspect. Fuel will give life. The three pillars of fire, oxygen, fuel, and heat. You need those three things to have fire. So you need to breathe. <laughs> you need to fuel your body. And you need to be ready for the heat. Because nothing's easy. One of the other points that I, uh, I found while I was out there was... I found beauty in the struggle. So there's an old saying, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. So I was sitting up on a rock and I was looking out at, we were on an island and I was sitting on a rock, looking through the trees and seeing the lake behind it. But I wasn't seeing like the whole lake. I was seeing little bits of lake through the leaves. And as the sun set, I started to see the glitter of the water, or the reflection of the sun off the water through the trees. And I thought about that as, you know, that is the struggle to shine. Because if I sat on the edge of the lake, just looking at the lake, I wouldn't quite get that same sparkle. I would get the reflection of the sun and, you know, little glimmers off the tips of the waves as they flowed past me. But because I was sitting inside the trees and the leaves were moving and the water was moving, and the way the light was, you get this glitter effect. And that's the struggle. And it's beautiful. The, the, the struggle is a beautiful thing. As long as you can see it for what it is, and for the beauty that it represents. Right? The, it's not just that the light is flickering off the water. It's not just that the leaves are moving. It's not just that the lake is moving. It's all of those things together, and I'm in the right place to see it. You have to have all those things come together to see the beauty of the struggle itself. Because one of the things I learned in the boat is that I can struggle all I want, but if I'm staring at the ground, I will never see the fruition of what I'm doing. I will just paddle and paddle and paddle and then I'll end up on a shore and then I'll move to another area and then I'll paddle and I'll paddle and I will never actually see what I am doing. I would just see the result.
So I can go from one shore to another shore and never look around and never see the water, never see the trees, never see the lake itself. When all I'm doing is staring at my feet, focusing on my form, trying to get a good push on the paddle. No, I'm not in the Olympics trying to win a medal for speed at that point in time. What I'm doing is trying to be okay just doing the work and then seeing the work for what it is. That's where we learn things. Because by day four, while we were paddling, I wasn't looking at my feet anymore. I wasn't striving to be in front of everybody. I was just paddling. And we were going to get to where we were going to get when we got there. And when we needed to move faster because the wind was in my face, I was able to move faster. When we didn't need to move fast, I was able to back off and I was able to look around. I was able to see the other people that were with us in the other canoes, struggling with us. I was able to see where we were going. I was able to watch as the fruition of the work came up to me. Right? I'm in a canoe, so I can look at the dirt, look at my feet, look at the and then get to where I'm going and look at the dirt. There's no real change there. But if I'm in the boat looking up and I get to watch that shore slowly make its way to me as I make its way to it, yeah, whatever, but that's the fruition. You get to see it happen. It's like watching my son do jujitsu and I, I see the smile on his face and I see him getting better over time that he doesn't see himself. But I get to watch it. And the real trick is to, again, look inward. Look at the, the what it took to get where you are. I'm just about finished my, uh, my basement renovations after six years and lots of delays but i stopped the other day and i realized that i basically built this basement i did all the electrical i did all the framing i did all the drywall i had help here and there bits and pieces absolutely my wife came down and helped me cut drywall and my sister-in-law helped me do some stuff and you know i had my uh, father-in-law come in and help me uh get some of the wiring in but by and large, I have a finished basement that I can use and I'm actually in it recording right now. And I built it. And I had never taken the time to actually look at what I was doing because I was so focused on getting it done that I didn't stop to see that I ran plumbing on my own. That I didn't stop to see that I ran four rooms five rooms worth of electrical on my own and everything works fine and it's all inspected and it's all good to go but I was able to do that but I didn't take the time to look at what I was doing while I was doing it and there's a quote that I want to I'm going to end with and I actually got this from a video game and it but it's so I don't I'm not sure if it got somewhere I'm not sure if the video game got it somewhere, but this is where I read it first. And it is, uh, it's based off the old quote, uh, you know, a pen is mightier than the sword. 
well, it goes like this. A pen isn't mightier than a sword. Pens do not do battle, nor swords do poetry. Mighty is the hand that knows when to pick up the pen or pick up the sword. So that's what I want to leave you with. It's the hand. Know when to use what. In all regards, do you need rest today? Take rest. Do you need work today? Work. Do you need a fight? Go do some jujitsu. You need to run? Run. But do what feeds your fire. Because everything stems from that. Your fire illuminates your world. And when your fire burns well and is maintained well, everyone else benefits from its warmth and its light. And that's all I got for you for today. Again, I really appreciate y'all patience. Uh, me getting these out, it's been a, a bit of a challenge the last little while, but uh, I'm back on the horse. I am ready to go, and I am excited about the shows I have coming forward. So uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, do all that great grand stuff, and uh, I'll see you next time. Chimo. That concludes this episode of The Toolbox. I really appreciate y'all listening. It has been my pleasure bringing you this awesome guest. If you like what you heard, please like, share, subscribe, and do all that awesome stuff. And I hope you can use some of the information that was offered. To all those putting on the line every day, first responders, military, veterans, civil servants, you guys are keeping us safe and keeping the country running. I really appreciate y'all. Hope to see you next time. Till then, stay open, stay humble, and stay focused. She won't.